God, we thank you that we can come to you in moments of worship and encounter your presence and your truth. Thank you that you are a good father, that your love for us is too great to leave us where we once were, but you want to take us and propel us into the future and the plans that you have for us. God, that it would not be us, but it would be your glory, your majesty shown to humanity, that we can come back to your heart, into a relationship with you. God, thank you that you love us so deeply. We give you all the honor, all the praise, all the glory for everything you're doing and everything you're going to do in advance, God. We thank you before the miracle comes. God, for you are worthy of all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. Amen. Hey, church, you can grab a seat. If you don't know who I am, my name's Dan. I'm the youth pastor here at City Church. And we're just so thankful that we can have this opportunity to have a youth ministry that's engaged with the Word and alive with the Word of God. And we want to thank Ben and Amy, our lead pastors and our board and elders, for their empowerment, their encouragement, their support, not just to us, but to our youth and to our community. Can we give them a huge hand? Awesome. Well, we did just come off summer camp, and summer camp's an amazing time where we can cultivate community, where we can make some memories, where leadership's leaked, where encounters with God are expected, and where transformation is triggered in the lives of young people. The goal of summer camp is not just to have a hype few days where we get on fire and then that's it. The goal is to be set on fire, that we remain on fire when we're no longer at camp, that we can go back into our schools, our workplaces, our communities, and be an example of God to the world. I just really quickly wanted to show a few of my highlights, which I took photos of. Forgive the quality of them, they're not amazing, but you see here, this is a really cool kind of culture thing that started happening in our youth ministry, where if one of the boys was getting prayed for, all the boys around would gather and lay hands on that one dude. So in a sense, one dude in our youth ministry gets prayed for, all the boys are in standing there. It's like a beautiful brotherhood where we all stand beside each other and go, hey man, I'm here with you. This is another moment where on the second night, our guest speaker, Jackson Moore, preached a message regarding Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and um, King Nebuchadnezzar and not bowing down to statues and idols in our world. And so the altar call moment came and it was if you wanted to be set on fire and know that even though in doing so, sometimes you might face the fire. You might be bound, you might be looked down on, but Jesus is in the fire with us. And at that altar call moment, I don't know if you can see clearly, but our whole youth ministry is right at the front of the altar and there's just a dead space between that and the sound desk area. And as a youth pastor, you can't be more proud than that moment or seeing that shift happen and that moment happen in your youth ministry where your whole youth ministry is saying, hey, I'm sticking with this no matter what. This isn't an emotional decision. This is a faith decision. I'm going to step out and stand with my God and with my friends in faith to see a change in the area. And it's a powerful time that we got to have. Really quickly, I wanted to show you our um, few highlight videos. So we've got a little video for you. Check out the screens. Hey church, hey church and, and welcome, welcome to Summer Camp News. I'm Ben. And I'm Molly. What an incredible week we've had. Here are some highlights.
That was good. Thanks for all your prayer and support. We look forward to catching up with you at church. I'm Ben. And I'm Molly. And, and that, that was Summer Camp News. Awesome. As you can see, we have a lot of fun, but there's a massive faith element to it as well. And we just love Jesus and we want the world to know about Jesus and our schools and high schools to know about God as well and what he's done in our lives and what he can do in their life as well. Were you guys ready for the message this morning? I hope you came prepared. We believe the word of God is alive and moving, so we should be as well. And that's why we engage with the word and feel free to shout me down. It'll actually make me more comfortable because I need some noise. All right. If you want to tell for the message, you can call this Fix Your Foundation. Or if you want the youth title, seeing as it's Summer Camp Sunday, you can call this Don't Forget Your Undies. <laughs> See, we've been talking about principles that help you prosper through January, and I've had a word on my heart, and this is a word I often give to our youth leaders, that will help us fix our foundations in our faith and in our life. And I'm believing that as we delve into this over the whole series from the attitude of gratitude to planting and being planted and sowing and reaping, that God will do something powerful in your life. And I remember um, growing up and going through school, you know, you get to year seven and eight and they do like the bit of a mix of all the TAS courses and you got to do a little bit of everything and I ended up in woodwork. I wasn't like super pumped for it and um, we had to make these clocks like the full frame, full clock, and I wasn't, like, I'm not a carpenter. Um, you would not want me to build your house or build a foundation for your house. We'll just leave that there because um, I built this clock and it was all looking good and then kind of fitted it together and the door was a little wonky on an angle and it didn't really open and you had to really slam it shut for it to work. I remember this other time me and Rach went on a holiday and as you do when you get married, you learn different things about each other. So I kind of like to pack my own bag so I know I've got everything myself. And I like to lay it all out and pack it all in a particular way. And this one time, because I got distracted by my beautiful wife, um, I thought I was doing it well and I thought I was on top of it, had everything all together. Um, Let's just say when we got to the holiday location, I started unpacking my bag. Yep, got jeans. Yep, I've got shorts. I've got t-shirts. I've got a jacket. Where's me undies? <laughs> All in order to say, it's pretty hard to conquer the world and prosper if you forget the essential things in life. If you don't have a firm foundation, it's hard to conquer the day without it being a little awkward. In Matthew 7, sorry, we'll just wait for the youth guys to try that again. In Matthew 7, verse 24 to 29 in the Amplified, it says this. So everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man, a far-sighted, practical and sensible man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods and torrents came and the winds blew and slammed against the house. Yet it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the floods and torrents came, and the winds blew and slammed against that house, and it fell, and great and complete was its fall. When Jesus finished speaking these words, the crowds were astonished and overwhelmed at his teaching. For he was teaching them as one who had authority to teach entirely on his own volition and not as their scribes who relied on others confirming their authority. 
See, I believe as an individual, as a Christian, we have to set up some things in our life, in our faith, in our walk with God, so that we can see our life prosper and move forward in the things of God. We are called from glory to glory. We're not called to be stagnant and stay where we are, but we are called to move forward in the things of God and faith. And so I've kind of got three points today, which I believe will help set you up for a win in 2020 or in your life, which is kind of like the sand, the rocks and the water to make the cement and fix that foundation in your life. I love in um, Paul's letters to Timothy, he encourages him to not be swayed by the things of the world or get distracted, but focus on his calling and what God's called him to and through and remember the grace of Jesus. I remember growing up, and um, some of you know my story, and I'm a RAF kid, so that meant we moved around a lot growing up and go from place to place. So I went to about four different schools at that time, and I remember having to think, oh, man, I keep having to make new friends each and every time. I need something that's going to stay, that's going to remain, that will be a foundation that I can always go back to. I had my dog, but they wouldn't really speak back to me. But then I found Jesus as well, and I knew that I could rely on him. His word says that he'll never leave nor forsake us. In Deuteronomy 31.6, it says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or tremble in dread before them. For it is the Lord your God who goes with you, and he will not fail you or abandon you. See, the thing of faith and being a Christian means to be a Christ follower. Sometimes the early church was called the way. I love that. There was a way in which they were to go. There was a sense of something happening to flow in and come up with what's going on and follow the calling. Or there's the disciples, and disciple means to be a disciplined one of Jesus Christ as the church. And so in our life today, what foundations are we setting up as pillars, as disciplines in our life to move forward into the things of God, to set that foundation that all things will be built on? In Ephesians, it talks about us being a house that God is building and working together brick by brick. We're all pieces, but we've got to have that foundation as Christ, the cornerstone, the rock and foundation of our faith. See, my Bible also tells me in James that faith without deeds is dead. See, faith is kind of a bit of my knowledge and, okay, I know that this is a lectern that I can put some things on it and I can put a bit of weight on it. But without actually acting on it, without actually using it, it's a bit pointless. It's a bit dead. I have to have the faith and belief to step in, to know it can do it, and to actually trust it and take that risk and know that it's not going to break. Praise the Lord. So the first one is this, if you're taking notes. You can set up a strong devotional life. What is your devotional life like? Do you spend time in the Word? Do you spend time reading the Word? Do you spend time praying? Sitting in prayer, not just speaking, but also listening to God's voice. There's a book by Gary Old Thomas called Sacred Pathways, and in it he talks about different ways in which we as Christians and believers hear the Word of God or feel connected to God. Can I encourage you, there is more than potentially one way we have the Word. The Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. But there is also other ways in which we sense and feel closer to God. Maybe for you it's in worship. We realize that we're not just doing karaoke on a screen, but we're actually singing words that are biblical, that are found on His Word and His truth. And as we sing them and proclaim them over our lives, they get into our soul and spirit, and we can take them into our circumstances and situations in the world. Maybe... 
you're someone else who just loves going into nature and every time you walk through the bush, you sense God's presence. You sense his beauty and majesty. You sense his calm, peaceful voice. Maybe it's in serving others that you find God speaks to you and is closer to you. Maybe it's going out of your way for someone in your world, in your workplace. Maybe it's coming to church early and praying or serving and being part of our amazing host team that you feel connected to God. It's not out of a duty or a have to, but it's out of a want to and a need of being closer to Jesus because you know that if I position myself here, he'll speak to me and I can hear his word. See, I even love in the Bible that Jesus himself, it often talks in the Gospels that he only spoke what the Father told him to speak. He only did what the Father told him to do. In Luke 5.16, Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. How many know that if Jesus did it and needed to do it, well, I need to do it. In John 5.19, it says, Jesus gave him this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the Son of Man can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his Father doing, because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. I've got to tell you, church, I can't stand up here and tell you to get in your word 24-7, be reading it all the time and just live in the only book of the Bible as the only book that you read and reference. I'm not perfect. There are many times where I might miss a day or I might read it and it might just be bland because I haven't actually looked for Jesus in the words. I haven't looked for his power, his truth in the Bible. I've just read it out of duty. But I know that God's great and he forgives my sins and he looks past my humanity and brokenness and he sees the effort. He sees the desire to come closer to him and draw near to him. See, Craig Rochelle is a pastor in America from Life Church and he says this, do constantly what others do occasionally. Can I encourage you to constantly be in the word, even if it's just one verse a day? Pastor Levi Lusco puts it this way. He goes, if you're going to set up a habit in faith or in life, try and make it so shamefully easy that it would be just easier to do it than not do it. Oftentimes, it's a new year and people set up New Year's resolutions and they're like, well, I'm going to do 100 push-ups a day. And it's like, that's crazy, man, 100 push-ups a day. But Pastor Levi Lusco goes, don't say you're going to do 100 a day, just say you're going to do one. Because the shame of not doing one push-up a day would be like, are you serious, bro? It's easier to do one than to do 100. And in the fact of doing one push-up, well, while I'm down there, I might do another. While I'm reading that one verse, I might just keep reading and read another. And maybe I'll end up reading a chapter and maybe somewhere along that page, God might highlight something to me and speak to me. There might be a new encounter with him and his presence from his word. See, I love this first point, devotion. It all comes out of our devotion, our desire to follow and seek Jesus for ourselves. But the second point is this, is that our example. Because I believe that out of our devotion to God and his word and his truth, the way he's called us to live, that should shift and transform how we live. It should shift and transform our lives and our example should flow out of that devotion with him. So there's that classic youth saying of, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. I don't know if you've ever been around a group of friends and you find yourself starting to change your language a little bit or the way you talk. It's so easy to do, but if we were to follow and step into God's word, that should shift and transform how we live 
our character, how we talk, our language. 1 Timothy 4.12 says, Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and purity. It's our devotion that will shift the way we live. It will shift our speech. It will change our conduct. It will change our love, our faith, our purity, because it's his word flowing in us and dwelling in us. Our example's not so much about everything we do and trying to please everyone and trying to make all the changes ourselves, but it's about stepping into what God's already promised and already called over you. Can I read what God says over you as believers, as Christians? This should be the example that we start to live in by the power and grace of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. We should be able to say through our example that I am alive with Christ. I'm far from oppression and I will not live in fear. I am holy and without blame before him in love. I have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. The Spirit of God, who is greater than the enemy of the world, lives in me. I have received abundant grace and the gift of righteousness and the reign in life through Jesus Christ. I have received the power of the Holy Spirit and he can do miraculous things through me. I have authority and power over the enemy of this world. I am merciful. I do not judge others. I forgive quickly. As I do this, by God's grace, he blesses my life. God supplies all my needs according to his riches in the glory of Jesus Christ. I am chosen by God who called me out of the darkness of sin and into the light and life of Christ so I can proclaim his excellence and greatness and who he is to the world. I am born again spiritually transformed, renewed, and set apart for God's purpose through the living and everlasting Word of God. I am God's workmanship, created in Christ to do good works that He has prepared for me to do. I am a new creation in Christ. I am more than a conqueror through Him who loves me. I overcome the enemy of my soul by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. I am an ambassador for Christ. I am part of a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a purchased people. I am the righteousness of God. I have right standing with him through Jesus Christ. I am the head and not the tail. And I only go up, not down in life, as I trust and obey God and his word. I am called to live a holy life by the grace of God and to declare his praise to the world. I've got to tell you, sometimes it's hard to say those things. Sometimes it's even harder to live out of them and believe them for yourself. As some of you know and many of the youth guys know, there is no way I would be up here speaking. I used to do school speeches in school, but I didn't used to do them. I used to try and not do them. I used to try and avoid them at all costs. But when I would, one time my teacher let me do them at lunchtime with them. But I'd get up there and I'd be shaking There is no way in my humanity and myself that I believe I should be up here on this platform sharing any of this. It's only by God and His grace that I'm here. It's only by His Holy Spirit working. God's got a plan and a purpose for your life as well. As you begin to unlock His Word and the promises and the truth that He proclaims and declares over you, you'll be able to step into the Word and the promises that He has. 
you'll be able to see the Holy Spirit working and you can look back over your life and proclaim your testimony to others and share what he has done in and through your life and give him all the glory for it. Are you still with me? Yeah. yeah. So we've got our devotion, our example, and lastly we have our movement. This is the overflow of our devotion and example. This is, okay, now that God's speaking to me and working in me and through me, and I'm becoming more of Christ, I'm being transformed and renewed by him, what do I do with that? Where does that take me? Where do I go? God's got a plan and a purpose for each of our lives, each of your lives, that he wants to see you step into. Our movement is that. Maybe it's as simple as buying someone lunch one day and just sharing with them your story, your testimony. Maybe your movement's stepping out and going, hey, I've got this faith goal, this faith risk that I'm going to take. Would you stand and pray with me and let's step out and see it achieved and accomplished together? Maybe it's sharing your faith with someone in your workplace. We believe that through our devotion, through our example, that the Holy Spirit will ignite that and overflow, that you'll have the strength and courage to do so in your world. See, some of the things I love and I've witnessed this year for myself is um, we started doing breakfast clubs in schools in Winmalee, Springwood and Blacksland High. And um, eventually the student support teacher at Blacksland High got replaced and there was a new one and she kind of asked me to come in and help out their chaplain who was also a female with some of the boys. And she asked me to help run this class for some of the dudes. I was like, yeah, sick. I love that environment. I love just a small group of dudes that get rowdy. Um, and so it was like this mixed class and you walked in there and it was like, ah! It was like, sometimes you didn't know what to do and we're like, all right, we're just going to play a nice game of silent ball. It's just... This is what we need today. But what I loved about one of the classes we did is um, there were a few year 10 dudes in one of the classes in term three and I was just like, okay, hopefully by me rocking up and speaking and sharing some things with these guys and hopefully pointing them in the right direction, God will do something through them. And I was like, okay, did that term, we finished that class, it was awesome. And where do we go from there? We ended up term four going to some of the year 10 photos for some of our youth guys and some of the boys were there and they saw me and they're like, it's sir. And I was like, okay, yep, um, it's me. I didn't know you'd recognize me. Didn't think you'd recognize me or think anything of it. And they're like, nah, man, you are awesome. You're the best teacher. You really helped me get through last term and I'm actually really excited for next year and next term and I'm actually going to finish school now. I decided, and one of the boys was like so pumped. He was like, this is my dad, this is my mum, this is my brother. And I was like getting introduced to the whole family. I was like, dude, we just like hung out half the time. <laughs> That's the power of God and the example of your life and your faith in him. You can have a story similar to that in your workplace, in your university, in your office. Some of the other stuff I love seeing through our movement and the movement of the Holy Spirit is what happens in our youth ministry. Sometimes we get students coming in, they're all shy and afraid and scared, and then they end up being a vocalist on our worship team, or they end up stepping out. We had one of our students last summer camp get a word from God saying, hey, start this lunchtime group at school. They did, and there was over 40 students ended up being at that group within like two terms. I even just love seeing them go, hey, I'm going to pray more. This morning, one of the parents came up to me and was like, hey, I don't know what you did at summer camp, but... um." My son's come home and he's just started listening to worship music more and praying more and speaking in tongues more. This is our God. This is his grace. This is his mercy. This is his Holy Spirit active and moving in our lives. 
that we can see evidence of him. He's amazing. We can't take any of the glory for that. It's all him. And so I want to encourage you in this moment today at the kind of the end of January and the last in our Principles That Help You Prosper series to maybe take a moment and reflect. Maybe it's some of the stuff we've spoken about this morning and fixing our foundation in life. If I can now my devotional life, if I can pray or I can hear God's word more, if I can let him speak to my example and character and who he's calling me to be, if I can allow the Holy Spirit to move in and through my life and ignite just my normal daily actions but have his power in it. Or maybe it's having that change in our attitude and having an attitude of gratitude as Ben spoke about in the first week. Or maybe it's being planted in the house of God where you'll thrive. Or maybe it's about sowing and reaping. I want to encourage you to reflect on these thoughts, these moments. And the team's going to lead us and I actually want to open up the altar for anyone who wants to come and we'll pray for you. But what area of your life is it that the Holy Spirit's prompting you and asking and speaking to you to step out, to maybe make a little shift, maybe make a return to his word. Maybe it's a change in our attitude and being more thankful and having gratitude. Maybe it's about stepping out and sowing more. Maybe it's about being planted in his word and his church. Or maybe it's about coming back to him and having a strong devotional life with him just sitting in his presence, in his word, in his truth and allowing that to speak over you and go before you. I don't know where you're at this morning but I pray that God will speak to you and I know that if we step out in faith we can encounter his word and his truth and we'll leave here changed different to how we came in. That's the power of God in us and through us. So I wonder if with every eye closed and head bowed, maybe today you've heard us speak about this Jesus, this guy who came thousands of years ago and he came and he died so he could have a relationship with you and restore your relationship to the Father. So when we make mistakes, he doesn't look at them, but he sees Jesus, he sees his son. And maybe you're going, hey, I need to meet this guy, I need a relationship with him. Or maybe you did know him once, but... You've forgotten who he truly is and you've forgotten that he is there. If that's you this morning in either of those two areas, I want to invite you to raise your hand just as an acknowledgement, as a sign, as an act of faith and action to your word and knowledge of stepping out and saying, hey, this is me. I want to know this Jesus guy. I want to come back to having a relationship with him. If that's you, I just invite you right now to raise your hand. Awesome. God, thank you that you are so worthy, that you are so good, that you came, you sent your son down to restore us back to a relationship with you, that we can know the Father, we can know your truth, we can know your love, we can know your grace, we can know your peace. God, we pray right now that you'll speak to us, you'll speak to our heart, our mind, our soul, that we can know you deeper, that we can go further in the things of faith and our relationship with you. God, where maybe there's situations and circumstances coming against us that we can stand and declare your word and your truth over them. God, that no weapon formed will prosper because we have known you, we know you, and you have the authority over heaven and earth. 
And God, we come back to loving you and being in a relationship with you. God, we pray over our friends and families not in this room, maybe our work colleagues who don't know you yet. We pray that you'll begin to work in us, that we can change the way we speak, that we can love them the way that you love them, that we can be so clearly hearing your word and your truth and we can be changing our lives and move in step with the Holy Spirit to reach them, that we might be able to share a word of encouragement, a prayer, maybe even just show them love that you would, that they would come back to knowing you, that they would begin to ask questions about who you are. God, you're so worthy. I don't know if that's you or not, but I feel like God is speaking as well, that maybe there's some things that have stopped you from stepping out in faith in 2020. Maybe you've sat down and gone, well, I can't do all these things for God. I can't prosper. There's no way it could be me because of everything I've done in my past. Paul in the Bible talks about being one of the greatest sinners of all based on his past and he used to crucify Christians and people that followed Jesus, but he says that he forgets what lays behind him and he presses on towards the goal that Christ calls for him. And maybe that's you, and I just want to encourage you and say that it's all good. 2019's happened. It's been done. We can come back today in this moment and we can give our lives back to Jesus. He's the restorer. He's the comforter. And he loves you. He just wants to see you thrive and flourish in a relationship with him. And so I don't know where you're at, but we're going to open this altar and maybe you want prayer for a particular aspect or area in your life. Maybe you just want to spend some time in his presence worshipping him. But if that's you, feel free to come forward and some of the team will be ready and stand with you and pray with you. And the worship team is going to lead us into his word and truth again as we declare his name. Amen.